We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, Roto Grinders NFL Pick Six Show Week 14, sponsored by Thrive. Usual suspects, as always, two of the absolute best fantasy football analysts in the business, Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, the birthday boy, four for four, bet spurts. Officially, this you know, we've had some fraudulent birthday calls over the year, but this is officially true. <laughs> uh, Daigle, week 14, uh, for your birthday, we have a 10 game slate. We have a uh, Twitter season long people very upset that like you can't on buys. We have playoffs on buy. Does the NFL not know like the only reason why we're watching Rams Raiders is because of gambling and fantasy football? They can't figure this out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dago, what's going on? How are uh, how are things in your world? We got a ten gamer. Can't wait to talk about it. Thirty thrive years old, doing well. Actually went out with a avid listener of the show on Tuesday for beers during the World Cup game here in Chicago. So uh, shout out to David, who watches every single week and listens to us. And yeah, I thought it was a fun week 13 slate. We talked about Jalen Hurts doubles. They got there on FanDuel on DraftKings. It was really interesting because 
paying down for Jared Goff, Zonovan Knight, and Samaj Piran, who became chalk late in the week, that allowed you then to win the slate and then getting up to Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. So it was just like an interesting construct for lineups last week. Uh, it made sense. It always, it's always good when the lineups make sense. So, yeah, fun time. Rich, anything of notes as far as week 13 before we dig into week 14? And, yeah, what is what is up with that? The Bears not playing, Falcons not playing, Packers, Colts, Saints, Commanders, and my, thankfully my one season long team, I actually have a bye. Just be good enough and don't worry about these silly buys, right? Humble brag. <laughs> it's the Rotor Grinder season long. My team's not very good. I've been skating by. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the Giants, basically. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall pretty quickly. Uh, all right. I have a fraudulent record. The Vikings, I guess we could talk about that as well. Rich, anything of those as far as week 13? Anything you want to say as, in a broad sense as far as week 14 before, before we uh, dig in and break it down? Yeah. Happy birthday, Dagle, officially for the show. Uh, this one actually counts. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we go from having arguably the most fun slate of NFL games to arguably the worst. Dude. So let's follow <laughs> it up. We got We got some galaxy brain takes coming here. I mean, this slate is absolutely miserable. So I'm gonna need you need some help here to kick this thing off. Yeah, sometimes they get better as the week progresses. Yes, that's what we're hoping. It but if, if, if the light at the end of the tunnel is Travis Homer, then I don't know if we're getting really better. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ten gamer. Obviously, no Vegas, no Rams, no Miami, no Chargers. Uh, no yeah, Cavs that flexing game. flexing that Chargers Dolphins game had a massive impact on this DFS slate. Oh, that was in the main slate? That, I didn't know that. that it that was, was Chief, Chiefs, Chiefs Broncos was the original wow. Sunday night game. And I would have rather just punted that because I could have watched football for six hours, followed DFS, and then just not watched the Sunday night game and like hung out with my wife and did something constructive. Uh, but now they kicked off the, that game for Tua versus Herbert because that's one you've got to watch, I think, on Twitter because it's been like the holy war of Herbert versus Tua this year again. Yeah, yeah. I've had my fill of Broncos, so I respect them for, like, sparing America. I get it. Uh, I think we're all at our quota as far as watching the Broncos. I mean, uh, Collinsworth deserved it for all the PFF playoffs. Oh, man. I, so, <laughs> if this is your first time uh, listening, we, we focus on three main games, uh, three games, all, all angles. We talk about it all, all sides, and we kind of run it back, give our fair plays position by position. And if this is your first time, uh, if this is, like, your 14th time listening to this show, you would know. You would know who's coming in, what the very first game on the board is. Uh, it's, it's the pick six show. It might as well be the pick five and the Lions. <laughs> the Lions are always featured. It's 52 and a half as a total, and that total is like no other as far as the slate. You know, Rich kind of hinted at it as far as the, the slate being kind of putrid. 52 and a half total, Minnesota. Lions, uh, a lot of line movement. They are now two and a half point favorites. Apparently an open uh, as them being two and a half point dogs at home versus Minnesota. No respect for Minnesota. Um, and the next highest total was what 47 and a half Cleveland, Cincinnati. This, this, there's this, a favorite this week that has a sub 20 point team total. Is that Pittsburgh? Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we only have one, uh, we only have one total of at least 49 points in the main slate, right? This one, yeah, you round it up. Uh, the Cleveland, Cincinnati is 47 and a half. That's a, that's the second highest. Yeah, oh, good grief, that's so low. It's like a touchdown lower. Yeah, yeah, that's why Minnesota-Detroit, like we talked about Jacksonville and Detroit last week and why that would be a featured game, and I think Minnesota and Detroit, Minnesota, we'll, we'll dig in, but like you know exactly where everything is coming from on the Minnesota side. It, it's super, super obvious, like where the usage is going to go, but 
Yeah, uh, John, you set the table. Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit, two-and-a-half-point favorite versus the Vikings. Uh, dealer's choice. It's your birthday. You want to talk about Minnesota or Detroit first? I want to start with the line side because I have the most confidence in their offense. They are now scoring 31.5 points per game over the last month, and the Vikings on that side of the ball are allowing 29.5 points in that span. This is the line's third consecutive game at home indoors as well, and the Vikings defense over this past four-game stretch has also been allowing, not not total, allowing per game 8.5 plays of 15-plus yards through the air. So we think Jared Goff, and we think this Lions offense can definitely get there and an explosive matchup. And what makes it fun is that for the first time, I think genuinely all year, we have some unique stacking partners to go along with Amon Ross St. Brown because we have now DJ Shark this past game leading the team in routes run, his highest target share since he was initially injured, and also the second highest target share on the team behind Amon Ross St. Brown. And then, of course, uh, Shark also, for the Vikings at least, one of only two defenses allowing 10 yards per target and 100 receiving yards per game from the boundary where Shark runs a majority of his routes. Not to mention DeAndre Swift. Uh, we can get into that in more t- detail in a bit, but at least we know we've seen that the Vikings are our top three defense in allowing yards per attempt and receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. So genuinely, our pick six lines for the first time ever have double stacking partners. And double stacks aren't even how Jared Goff got there last week. All he had to do was play Goff, Mona, St. Brown, and then get to Devontae Adams. But yeah, I think it's an exciting slate to start here for that reason with the Lions offense. Amon Ra looks like he's going to be heavily owned once again. Like he just his salary never can seem to keep up with what he's pumping out there. Seven point eight K on DK, eight uh, six on Fanduel. Still probably not enough. Just a little eight six on Fanduel is, is is a big boy price though. It's it around is. Justin Jefferson on Fanduel for 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 because if Amon Ra doesn't score a touchdown on Fanduel, you're fine. Like not being in on it. But DraftKings finally got religion. Finally, and like at least he's like you know up to eight k, like close to eight k. Because um, what Thanksgiving he was six six on DraftKings, then he was seven one last week. Yeah, it, yeah, he was yeah. underpriced. So, yeah, so he's cool. been on DraftKings all year. It's been like a yearly thing. Now it's transitioned to well, DraftKings has done that all year. We've talked about it. You know, Daigle's Rainmakers take and uh, you know <laughs> guys like you know Tyler Lockett took like two months to get pricing right now. Like Garrett Wilson is still like can't get the six K. So I mean, we'll talk about Garrett Wilson too. I'm sure on the show, but they seem to just drag their feet for like a month on guys. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, I assume you echo everything that John said as far as I'm on Raw. He's just a stud once again this week. Certainly you can play him, and, you know, we'll see where ownership lies end of the week. If you have anything to add there, by all means, go for it. You probably have some stats. Uh, if you want to talk about DJ Chark, uh, is it worth talking about Jamison Williams? He barely played, right? We're assuming that he's, they're going to bring him back really slowly. Yeah, what, he ran eight pass routes, uh, eight snaps, two pass routes. So, yeah, it, you know, still just a complete shot in the dark. I'd imagine they try to get him ramped up, but it's, I mean – Shark was the guy they had signed to kind of play this role as a transition. And his snaps have just gone up since he's come back from the ankle injury. So he looks pretty safe as like the wide receiver two guy. Remember, this is a, a three ba- a base 11 personnel team too, especially since the trade of uh, Thomas James Hawkinson. So we do, we can't play any of those tight ends. Uh, these, these vagabonds, these, these Detroit, they just like removed a guy for like, we're like, don't worry about any of these guys. So now that we're actually getting some stability outside of the sun God, uh, it is nice to have someone else besides him, even though he's still just going to soak up a bunch of targets. And the Vikings are on those teams. They they sit back, play a lot of zone. Amon Ra is 
third in the NFL in yards per out run against zone coverage. Obviously, that makes a lot of sense when you think of the role he plays in, in, in the offense um, to get a bunch of those zone looks. They did play a lot more man last week against Mike White, which we'll talk about, you know, again on the show a little bit later. But I think they'll end up playing a lot of zone here again like they typically do under Ed Donatel. Um, but yeah, they will pretty much cover it with the Lions. I think it's pretty easy. You'll see a lot of people talk about the home road splits with Jared Goff, and maybe we'll get into those in future weeks because they are at home. Again, this week he's got 17 passing touchdowns at home to just two on the road. Um, but if you look at the teams the Lions have faced at home, and it makes yeah. a lot of sense that he's been really good at home. Like they've faced the Commanders at home, the Seahawks at home, the Dolphins at home. Last week, the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a reason why he has all those passing touchdowns at home. What about Swift? We finally saw his usage increase. I know snap counts not the end all be all, but it was good to see him. What fifty one percent snap count last week? Jamal thirty percent. For for some reason, they're still giving Justin Jackson twenty one percent, which is just mind boggling. But whatever. Uh, yeah, are we buying this? Rich is is a Swift taking a step forward? I guess Detroit has an outside chance to make a run of the playoffs, or sort of, somewhat, maybe not really. It's the NFC man. Everyone's live in the hunt. In the, yeah. hunt, in the hunt graphic for the NFC is, is basically like <laughs> every team but two uh, right now. Uh, you know, it's it, we'll see if you know he if he's practicing a full like he was at the end of the last week. It's it's a pretty good sign. Remember last week was the first week that he wasn't on the injury report at all, and then obviously correlation to him having his largest run out since week one. It seems to make a lot of sense. So you know if he cuts through the the end of this week, and you remember Wednesday. We don't really care about guys like sitting on Wednesdays, but you know yeah. he's full practicing on Thursday, Friday. Then I believe, yeah, why not? We can we can look at him, uh, especially because in this particular matchup, it would make sense that they don't kind of go with like a run heavy approach. It's fine if they get down to the one yard line. I mean, just like they do every week, it feels like someone for the Lions gets tackled at the one yard line. Joel <laughs> Williams comes in, punches in his touchdown. But the, where the Vikings are actually still good defensively is, you know, stopping the run. They're sixth in, in yards allowed per carry to opposing running backs. So, like, it would make sense for them to be, like, a more aggressive pass-heavy coach uh, approach, use Swift in the passing game, too, to combat some of the zone coverage. Uh, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense if we see him practice in full to close the week. John, what do you have as far as Swift? Anything else you want to talk about as far as the Lions? Or feel free to jump over and talk about the Vikings. We talked about Chark, Swift. I think they all offer stacking partners with Jared Goff here, who's yet again an amazing play to save salary. Um, I'm I'm a little torn on this Kirk Cousins spot because he should be lifted, elevated by the game script. But at the same time, like we know the Lions are a top six defense in the amount of man coverage they play in snaps because they blitz a lot. And although Justin Jefferson has been one of the best players against man coverage this year, eleven, uh, he's actually – elevated his game 3.3 yards per route run against man coverage the past five weeks with T.G. Hawkinson on the field soaking up those intermediate targets on behalf of the Vikings but uh Cousins against man coverage this year he's thrown the sixth most pass attempts against that particular defense and he's averaging the seventh worst EPA completing just 50 percent of his passes for six and a half yards per attempt and the same touchdown rate as Russell Wilson so I'm a little bit I, like I understand Cousins popping in the models. I understand it looks like a good spot for the Vikings offense, but I'm almost almost torn and thinking that it may be a better spot for Dalvin Cook here. And I wish the re- the targets were amounting to more receiving points, especially since T.J. Hawkinson now is out targeting Dalvin Cook since he joined the team. But at least we can lean and say, okay, well, Lions still allowing the third highest rate of explosive rushes, and also. 
Cook has handled 80% of the team's backfield touches in six of his last seven games. So I'm trying to I'm trying to flip the script here, even though Justin Jefferson is yet again an amazing play. And maybe I play Dalvin Cook instead as a unique pivot in this game. Rich, you start with Cook or you start with Jefferson on the Minnesota side? Well, it depends how you believe the game's going to go. I mean, if you believe the the Lions are worthy favorites here, uh, like I do, because when you look at the like what the Minnesota how what they're doing defensively over the past month is like a, a is a good reason to kind of factor in here, uh, then you would kind of lean towards it be more of an aggressive passing script, right? Uh, Lions also have been pretty good against the run since they're by. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot of teams not get there, right? They were like the front half of the year. It's like, man, just play everyone against the the Lions. It's interesting, too, is the Texans actually like the last month have been pretty good against the run, too. And like you were starting to see some of these things kind of shift as the season moves along. And you don't look at some of these season long stats uh, as much. Uh, they're allowing their they moved up to 14th uh, since they're buying yards per carry a lot of the running backs. Uh, they've allowed a first down or touchdown on 22.8% of backfield carries. It's up to the 16th from 31st. They've allowed just one rushing touchdown since week eight, too, and it was to Matt Breida. So they have been a little bit better uh, against the run, too. Uh, so the Lions not just only offensively are doing well. They, they've at least gotten from, like, the bottom of the league being, like, respectable defense. And that's, like, a huge shift from where they were in the front half of the year. You mentioned uh, Thomas James, Thomas James, TJ. Uh, yeah, Thomas James, uh, Hawkinson, the revenge game, yeah. uh, which was hot last week. The revenge game narrative had a week last week. AJ Brown, yeah, or uh, Arthur Juan. Is that? I'm not stealing your bit here. I think it's Arthur Juan. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arthur Juan, and Arthur Juan is a dope name. Like I would just want to be go by Arthur Juan too. Like, <laughs> Thomas James is pretty lame, but like Arthur Juan. He got the GM fired in Tennessee. <laughs> that's that's how, much, how much he revenged on uh, uh, against uh, against the Titans last. Thomas week. Thomas James sounds like a director who uses too many lens flares. Well, Thomas Jane is uh, an actor, so like yeah, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I thought you said at first. I'm like, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking of. Thomas Jane, the actor, and uh, oh god, well, he was in Hung on HBO. Is the first thing that comes to mind for some reason, but he was in other things as well. How do we feel with the revenge game for Hawkinson? I know we love talking about tight ends here, John. Um, you know, I, I I saw the best tight end of the week amongst everybody was like, who was it on Monday night? Who, who was it? Kate on. Yeah. Ridiculous. What is this? What are we doing? <laughs> at so, least, yeah. I mean, at least the usage, you know, we, we know you could play Kate Otten if Cam breaks out. If Cam Brate plays, you don't have to worry about Otten at all. At least How frustrating that. is it that, like, when – Breaks out like Otten gets all these targets, but when both of them play, like they don't throw to the tight ends at all. It's it's insane. It's really I, it's I also just players. assume that if people pay up at tight end, like the Mark Andrews splits are known by my mom by now. So like everyone's <laughs> gonna play Mark Andrews or Tyler Huntley. Oh, everyone's I still H A is gonna be the most popular tight end uh, on this slate. hundred percent. Like there's no way everyone's playing him. Dude, the Chiefs are literally averaging more than double points per game than the Broncos, who are averaging under 14. That game is ridiculous. How big How big is the sample of the Mark Andrews splits? I'm curious because, I, I mean, you're just bringing it up now. Five games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And no, and, and no one's even including last week's game as part of them. They're just like, hey, remember all these games last year? And then I was like, well, I just watched Sunday. I, I watched Demarcus Robinson have a 25% target share. Also, no one no one sees apparently that the Ravens have a 17-point team total. That's what I worry Yeah, about. yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then Th- Thomas James is basically new Zach Ertz, right, with the, with the Vikings. Like the targets have been there, but 
seven and a half yards per catch, uh, 5.6 yards per target, just the volumes there. He's just like replaced what we were getting from Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz, we lost him for the season. So like uh, we were, we just took Hawkinson and said like, you be new Zach Ertz. We got anything else here as far as Minnesota, Detroit, Rich? Uh, any other stats you have uh, on layaway? Or ready to I move don't on? have any stats. Uh, yeah, this is the game. This game's <laughs> going to have all the ownership. If you somehow, if this game somehow doesn't get there, uh, I don't know what the hell you're really stacking at in the four the four p.m. <laughs> slate in, today, in this week, but if this one doesn't get there, uh, this is where all the ownership's going to be early. I may, I, gosh, <laughs> these are the types of games I usually fade, uh, like Bengals Chiefs last week. But I'm, I may play six players from this game. Like that may be the way to go on the slate. Like go overweight on it. The four o'clock window is Kansas City versus Denver, forty three and a half. It's just weird to you can't say the forty three and a half total, but that's. That's what Russ Wilson. Not their fault. Yeah, they're, they're carrying their side of it. Carolina, Seattle, 43 and a half is the total. And then it's just weird to see Brock Purdy is a favorite over Tom Brady. I know other guys are playing football in that game, but just interesting. I mean, Brock Purdy. did you watch Monday night? No, I saw that Brady came back and like good for him. But it's like, uh, it's like Tebow. Remember Tebow would have like one good drive at the end of the game. And like, because his defense was so good, he pulled it out. Is that what Brady is? They, doing? Is he I, I mean, there's there, there's a whole lot of to go into, but like the Bucks haven't scored 23 points in eight consecutive games. Like they're just not an offense you respect, and now they're on a short week traveling the country playing the best defense in the league. Like it could be a disaster. 37 and a half is the total in that game. Not even the lowest total, as I mentioned. Uh, Baltimore 37 and a half. Goodness <laughs> great. With Christopher McCaffrey, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, 37 and a half, and they're right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't – I mean, if you had to bet the under in this game or the over, you're taking the under, John? Oh, uh, it's probably too low to take the under. But if it went under, it's not that shocking. No. We're going to take the under on amount of plays you see from Scott Hansen in this game. <laughs> well, what are we watching? We're not watching the Denver offense. Ooh, yeah. That's Carolina? True. What Gino's playing it for? Actually – yeah, report back on that, Dean. What do you, what do you see after 3 p.m. on oh. red zone? Because it may just go black. It may just go dark. <laughs> I don't know. It might just be the Chiefs, and that's that. Like Chiefs in Seattle, I guess. I, I don't know. It's going to be – oh, man, red zone's not going to be fun. Scott Hansen, rough job. In only three games, he's got a filibuster a little bit more when it's only three oh, games yeah. ago. Uh, second game that we're going to focus on, the Jags, the Jags, and the Titans. Another – Paltry total of 41 and a half. Titans are about a three-point favorite here. Uh, Rich, I'll throw this one to you. We're expecting Lawrence to play this week. That's the report on a Wednesday night at least. Uh, stay tuned. He had the last play of the, the first half last week. He uh, took a, a rough hit. He did got it out and play the game, finish it out. He might have not played the last series, but he played enough to, to make you think that I assume he's going to be good to go, and we'll see how it is. But And I think he missed a practice, but who cares? Wednesday. Speculation is just good. At least that's what we're, we're going to talk about it as far as a Wednesday night. Uh, D. Hember, not a good start for Derrick Henry. Uh, he's been bad for like a month now. Uh, is we, that we, something we talk about last week on the show? Yeah. yeah. Now, and is it that the foot injury thing? Is that matchup stuff? Like last I mean, week? There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, the offensive line is pretty bad. Uh, the offense is pretty bad surrounding him. Uh, if we don't get trail on Burks, like what, what, what is there to respect here? Listen, I, I mean, yeah. Daigle's got some explaining to do on this one. So you might as well just have him look, go ahead. Look at the slate. Look at the slate. You tell me what I'm supposed to explain. <laughs> I mean, Brown's Bengals, I thought was a lock, but uh, I want to, I want you to sell <laughs> oh, me. On, let's hear it then. I want I, you to sell me on this one. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I will say is that this defense, the Jaguars are put on the field, man, is 
bottom rung. Like mm-hmm. absolutely. The the past five weeks they have forced a punt on just 17% of opponent drives. They're allowing <laughs> 6.6 yards for play. That's 31st in the league. The Vikings are the only team worse than them over that span. Uh, they're allowing a league high 42 yards per possession uh, over that span. So if there ever was a spot for these Titans guys to get there, uh, this Jags defense is just handing out yardage and points uh, as needed. Am I wrong to say that Detroit scored in every possession? Didn't punt. Okay, <laughs> did not need a punter. Not necessary. Okay, it might have been a turnover. Yeah, they did not punt once. Congratulations for that. Is that is that the cure? Is that you know the cure all here for for uh, for Henry? Uh, John, as far as, uh, you know, this this defense for the Jags, is he just going to run all over him? Is he going to be fine all of a sudden? Well, as Rich said, the Jaguars are allowing everything. But more importantly, I look at the 290 yards through the air per game since week six. And also the Jaguars in that time have basically just laid down for a top nine finish to opposing quarterbacks, including Jared Goff's QB4 finish last week in six of their last seven games. Russell Wilson in that time was the only exception because, of course, he was. So, yeah, it's like Ryan Tannehill. I look at the slate, and I say if we get Traylon Burks, like, of course, Ryan Tannehill can win this slate, given how bad the Jaguars are. I can't believe it. Someone Someone (laughs) clip that. That's that's the theme of the slate. And we know we know the Titans defense, like we talked about with Jalen Hurts last week, where they're getting scorched is to wide receivers. So, like, why why can't you run back Zay Jones, right? Like everyone wanted to play him last week. He had three drops in the first half, but in yeah. two games before that, he had a 31.5% target share. And now these Titans are allowing the most yards per target to opposing boundary receivers. So it's like, why why can't this game get here? Like, I I see value in this game. Um, unfortunately, like if we don't get trail on Burks then we know that Robert Woods leads the team with a 22% target share Jeez. with Burks off the field, but he also doesn't have a single top 25 finish this year. Like Robert Woods doesn't offer the points anyway. So I don't know. I, I think Chico Conquo is going to be high rostered at, at 2,700 on DraftKings. Jaguars also allowing a league high 9.3 yards per target to opposing tight ends. There's some value in this game. That's why I like this game. Yeah. I meant to ask him, I guess it kind of answer the question. Neither one of you guys even brought it up once I missed it. A Minnesota, like I was gonna say, what's the upside for Adam Thielen? Uh, and I can ask the same, like, what's the upside? You answer, what's the upside for Robert Woods? Like, there is none, right? Like, these guys right. just like it, what year is it? Okay, maybe five years ago on these guys, but no longer. Like, it's it's over. Um, I I don't know who CJ Board is. <laughs> Looking at the receivers for Tennessee, should I know who CJ Board is? Is that my? No, guy? I mean, like again, Robert Woods does have a ceiling, and at the same time, it's so volatile. But like. Nick Westbrook-Akeen at least has a top five finish in the last month among wide receivers, but also he has three finishes outside the top 65. So maybe you don't worry about him either. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no one wants to talk about this game, but me. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if we, we've got a, a potentially injured Trevor Lawrence, uh, a road dog that has a sub 20 point team total uh, facing a team that if they go up by even three points is just going to hand the ball for two yards of carry and not give a hell. Like hell yeah. <laughs> what's not the like is what I'm hearing. Right? <laughs> so sub 20 point team total in this slate is money. That's yeah. the ceiling game. John, you want to sell us on some Jags? I, I mentioned Zay Jones. Everyone wanted to play him in cash games. That's chalk last week. Uh, and we, t- we talked about it, how we flag planted Chris Kirk over Zay Jones, given how poor, the lines have been against slot receivers recently, and Kurt again scorched them from the slot. 
Whereas, as we mentioned, Titans, where they're getting scorched, is the boundary, and Kirk can still get there easily. But, yeah, I actually think Zay Jones, given how bad this Titans' past defense has been, is uh, not a bad bounce-back spot here. On a slate, we need value. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's some stuff's going to open up. I hope so. Some stuff's going to open up as the week progresses. You better hope so, because Elijah Moore is 3,500 on DraftKings, and he's going to get stuffed if, if it doesn't open up. Is that the segue to game three? Are we done with Jags Titans? We're throwing that one in the garbage? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can uh, draft Kings. I can get with 4,700 Zay Jones. 5,200 Ryan Tannehill. You can punt with, uh, punt with a Conkle. We're not doing any Tannehill stacks, but like <laughs> I, uh, I can get with that little mini as like a salary saving mini if you want to if you want to go that route. Are uh, we good with a Conquo either way? If uh, depending on Burks or he, like he's, I assume he elevates a little bit as far as targets, or you like him just fine. Because he's a tight end, he's cheap, and there's some yeah. upside. Yeah, I think it's fine. He does. He's got a. He has a catch of thirty or more yards in four of his past five games. He's get. He's getting splash plays. So twenty seven hundred. You luck box into a, a touchdown. You're there. All right. Um, do we like Tannehill or Lawrence at all? If they were, if if Lawrence was healthy and like the Jags weren't basically knocked out because they they have a two percent chance to make the playoffs now, like them them bricking last week's game basically buried them. They would have yeah. controlled their own fate if they won because they played the Titans twice still, kind of, you know, kind of this week. But picking up that injury, kind of like you know, being now with like all but out of the playoffs playoff race, like there's some hesitation with some of their guys, you know, getting banged up, and they've already shown they'll be cautious with some guys. But although they let Lawrence come back in the game last week down while they were getting flooded. All right, game three. No one's playing ETN, right? Like, we didn't even talk about him, but. Nah. Um, well, I mean, the reason we tacked the Eagles, we talked about it last week, is because you literally just can't run on the Titans. And they didn't try to run, but they also can't run. And now you get ETN, who did have 16 to 17 running back touches. I thought maybe Jermichael Hasty, since he did average over five and a half yards per touch, may get worked into a little bit more of a role. But no, they just brought ETN back for his season high in snaps, actually. Just said, screw it. Like, he's an every down back again. Uh, I do just you think, think you'll see that? Uh, do you think we'll see something similar with the Bengals? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I think P. Ryan has earned a little bit of a role, at least in the passing game, which takes away from Joe Mixon's ceiling. I but the same in, thing. In, in this matchup, though, against the Browns, like Joe Mixon may get there anyways. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But what's the price on Mixon? Eight five. Uh, I feel like he's gone up. Just, just chilling, right? I take oh, I take five and fan. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. We have a, a few of those spots. To, like, you know, like obviously, you know, like Hasty played well and then like immediately got shelved for a guy coming back from injury. You know, I wonder what will happen because hey, Pirine played excellent the last two weeks. You know, how do they handle that situation? Does he just, do they, do they rebottle him? Uh, one of those things that could really be beneficial to how you play the slate. And I mean, Joe Burrow has 20 carries the past two weeks. Like, what happens there if we get Mixing back? Yeah, and I it's saw not, it wasn't an injury. It's like a you know whatever concussion. You know, it's either it's like he's like he's dealing with a, a leg that's kind of hampered, and they have the baby at this something. Or either you're concussed or you're not. I guess that's how it works. I, I, I saw Deshaun be. Watson play football, Rich. I, I was timid. I got off of him due to <laughs> recency bias. <laughs> I think you got you got to look at him at his price, man. You got to people. All right, uh, game number three is uh, you mentioned Elijah Moore. I guess we'll talk about it more here, John. The Jets at the Bills. It's so weird to see the Bills in a game with a 43 and a half total. Bills are almost like 10, what, nine point favorites here. Speaking of uh, backfields that are kind of a mess, both these sides are murky. Uh, I hope you guys can help us out with this because the Bills, like a three way split now. Uh, the Jets, I think Carter did not practice. It looks like he's on a path to come back this week. 
So that could be a mess as well. But uh, yeah, Rich, do you want to leave with Elijah Moore in this game or, you know, no, I'll, let, I'll let Daigle say, I've seen a lot of people cite Elijah Moore stuff in a game where they threw 57 passes. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll let a lot of people go down that road if they want to go down it while I keep playing the good Jets receiver. Uh, <laughs> Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore had seven yards on six targets. Like that's my analysis. That's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, it takes talent to do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah but listen, DraftKings still way too cheap on Garrett Wilson. I mean, we we seen both sites with both Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson, right? Like those dudes were chalked and they kept getting there, right? It's it's the same story. And Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson already had an eight for ninety two game against the, these Bills a couple weeks ago. So you know he's he's been now a, a top fifteen scorer in four of his past five games. Two of those games came with Zach Wilson too. So it's not like you know. Um, he wasn't he like this just unlocked everything what it did is just gave us a little bit more stability because the jets are doing some things offensively they're more aggressive on early downs they're running a lot more play action now they granted they have played two of the worst pass defenses in the nfl over that span and we were in this spot last year with mike white and he threw four interceptions against the bills uh (laughs) also mike white was very bad last week against the vikings uh one of the worst quarterbacks in EPA per dropback, completed just 54% of his passes. He was 6 of 14 against man coverage. The Vikings have, uh, like, stopped. They were like, this, we'll just play some man coverage against this guy. We'll see if make him make some, some throws. Couldn't, couldn't do that. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what happens, you know, in this game against the Bills, who they, they've given up a lot of yards since they're by. They had a the good game on Thursday night, but this is a game that could feature – some punch back if Mike White is actually not just what he was last year when these teams played. John, talk about the Jets. Do you, is it, what do we do with this backfield? Is it going to be a three-man and like not worth breaking into? Or um, I know what Ty Johnson will be the third guy, I assume. But Knight seems like he's a, earned himself a spot. Um, and then the other side, we guess talk about that running back situation as well, where Cook, at least for a week, took over Singletary. And they even were working at Hines as well. But uh, – or you want to talk to receivers that the running back stuff is just a mess. And I don't know how much want to get into it. Well, it's two situations as Rich mentioned that we're trying to sift through because what we know is that a couple weeks ago, whenever Mike White and Zonovan Knight, not our Mike Carter and Zonovan Knight, Knight who was active in place of James Robinson, they willingly healthy scraps James Robinson, which is why I never believed Robert Sala when he said like Robinson's coming back and he's going to get mixed in. Um, Carter had only outtouched Knight eight to five in the first two quarters before injury. And then once Carter was injured, Knight out-touched Ty Johnson 12 to five. And then last week we saw Knight, who was in, again, winning DraftKings lineups because he was 4,600, but they bumped him up over 1K this week. So we don't even think he's really plausible unless you think he's a stacking option with Mike White. He's only uh, 51, Knight, I think. 5-1 on DK. Oh, 5 1. Okay. Maybe I was thinking yeah. of something. Else. Okay. 5 1. Okay. That's interesting then, especially on DraftKings. Um, but yeah, he outtouched Ty Johnson 20 to seven. And honestly, like, the past two weeks, ranking fifth in elusive rating at, at Pro Football Focus, and I understand Salah isn't going back to his hotel and looking at Pro Football Focus, but uh, maybe he's seeing enough broken tackles here where I would think Knight leads Michael Carter in touches, even though it's probably going to be a timeshare. So it's still going to be a nuisance here, in my opinion. But more importantly, I look at the same thing like Rich was mentioning and Mike White facing more man coverage last week, and then we also know that the Bills are sending blitzes at the sixth lowest rate and against and the Bills are actually leading the league now in, in pass rushes of four pass rushes or less. And against those defenses, Mike White, it's a small sample, only 60 attempts, but 
He's 40th in completion rate and 31st in yards per attempt against four pass rushers or less. So it could be a little bit of a disaster here, even though we do have confidence in Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore is more of a salary play. Because again, we don't have ball you right now. We expect it to open up. But even like Nick Westbrook-Akeen, for instance, is 4K on DraftKings. Elijah Moore is 3,500. Everyone only talks about Elijah Moore, even though he hasn't done anything all year. He's going to naturally get played, most likely, as a salary saver. Uh, which, which again, is not worth playing him, but he's the one who's going to file in. So that's all it is. I'd rather play Corey Davis, honestly. Seeing Corey Davis bump up for um, eight targets last week, the second most routes on the team behind Garrett Wilson. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But and I don't plays think in two wide receiver play. sets. That too. That's true as well. Anything to add there, Rich? Um, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I mean, Zahneman, I still think is in play at 5,100 on this particular slate. I think it's easier to kind of, when you look at like these running backs, uh, and where we're going to have to find guys like him being kind of priced in that area is, is, is palatable, uh, depending on what you're, what you're building, uh, just because you are getting like that passing game usage with him too. So he's probably the one guy and obviously Garrett Wilson is just too cheap still. Yeah, do you want to sort through sort through the Buffalo r- rushing uh, options? Is it worth digging into? What are I we mean, starting? I'm just not going to play these guys. I know that James yeah. Cooks James Cooks already probably popping in a lot of the early optimal stuff, um, but it's really tough to get a grasp on. And plus, I mean, Josh Allen has accounted for 86 percent of the Buffalo touchdowns through the air or rushing, so we're, we're fighting for a small t- small touchdown equity regardless. And basically, it's touchdown or bust with all these Buffalo running backs, anyways. Um, good defense too that they're facing. It's it's hard. Remember, Naheem Hines also played 23 snaps yeah. last week too. He's he had Hines. played he had played just 24 snaps with the Bills prior <laughs> since the trade. Uh, they were on a little more pony personnel in that game, and it wasn't just because they played on Thursday because they had a full week because they played on Thanksgiving the week prior too. So it's it's kind of it's kind of messy. Um, I'm probably not going to chase it from a DFS stance. If you're in a season-long league and you want to throw James Cook in your flex on a week like this, like, sure, man. But I don't know. I doubt he's really going to make my DFS player pool. What do you have here, John, as far as you feel the same way? It's like it's just dart throws and nothing looks great as far as that backfield for Buffalo? No, I think that's still too thin, especially because we had the the rug pulled out of us just a couple weeks ago. Like, James Cook eight into Devin Singletary's timeshare with 11 touches. And then the following week, he went back to just four touches. So I, I don't think that will happen this time, but you can't say it's not in the range of possibilities given that it literally just happened two, three weeks ago. So no, I don't think this backfield is where I'm looking at in this game. Are they trying to figure out like what they want to do for the playoffs? Like, you know, they're basically going to be a playoff team. And obviously Cook was a, you know, pretty, was, was it second rounder or a third rounder? It was pretty high as far as the pedigree, right? The second yeah, which second round running back? Um, theoretically, he's supposed to replace Singletary at some point. Are they just trying to like bring him along? Slowly? I mean, what's what's Cook, the plan here? Cook has been good. Like he's he's averaging mm-hmm. ten yards per catch um, on twenty four targets, so it's still double digit targets. It's a median sample, and then in the three games he's handled ten plus carries, he's averaging five point seven yards per carry. So he has been like really explosive. It's just it, in my opinion, it's not enough of a of a timeshare in his favor to like trust thus yet. Yeah. I think when you look at the bills where they are, is that you have seen now from Thanksgiving on is they're, they're trying a couple of different things because they're just not getting a lot of production from the non Stefan Diggs guys in this offense. So I think they're trying to kind of figure out kind of what, 
what works with this offense. I mean, like I said, they ran a, their most the most two back sets that they've run in a game this season last Thursday. So I just think they're trying to figure out where they can get help outside of just having Stephon Diggs carry this offense because no one's really stepped up for the whole course of the season for this offense outside of Diggs. We do, we do have the massive splits that <clears throat> Rich has talked about, I think on Thanksgiving, past Buffalo slates where these guys come into play. And, um, you know, the first time in the first matchup the Jets played the Bills, they they ran um, majority man coverage against them. And, like, we have these massive splits with Stephon Diggs, 2.8 yards per route run uh, against man coverage, four touchdowns as well. But more importantly, like, Gabriel Davis is the one that suffers immensely against uh, – and he plays much better in zone coverage, 1.7 yards per route run compared to under one against man coverage. So uh, it seems like another game where you'd be interested in Stephon Diggs, even though, you know, everyone will probably note the Sauce Gardner matchups. Yeah, when, they, when these teams played uh, in week nine, Stephon Diggs played uh, the, his season high amount of snaps in the slot, 44% of his snaps from the slot. It didn't lead to like a huge uh, amount of targets in the slot, but that just shows from a rational coaching stance, like they were cognizant of, hey, you know, the Bills don't really move these cornerbacks around a lot. We're going to try to put our best player in the most optimal spot to have success. And that's what we always love to see with, uh, you know, our coaches and their star wide receivers. You don't have to spin up for one of these two. If you're going to spin up for Mahomes at Denver, or um, you got uh, you got Josh Allen at home versus the Jets. Neither seem like the best possible matchup here, Rich. But which which would be your prefer uh, preferred starting point if you had to pick one of those two? Oh, easily Allen, just because there's at least a path for when the Jets already beat the Bills. Like th- this game could be competitive. Like there's, <laughs> I mean, we bet on the Broncos being competitive. No, um, their defense and their defense is pretty good. And the other thing is, is like Kansas City, like when you try to find somebody to pair with Mahomes, it's like it's impossible. Uh, nobody, there's like 19 guys that receive the ball. Like I suppose you know Kelsey gets there sometimes, but if Kelsey doesn't get there, it's like nobody gets there. Everybody gets a little bit and just a little piece of pie, just enough to keep them going for next week. But I don't know. Same question, uh, you know, Richard. Yeah, I'm, John. You have a, a similar thought there. I guess it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be Allen, right? It might be Mahomes, honestly. Strictly, but I'm, I'm strictly playing the tournament game, thinking that like this is one of the few times we can get Mahomes at two, three percent with Kelsey. I don't even need to play receiver in a slate where if people pay up for tight end, they're going to run the Andrews splits with Huntley and play Andrews instead of Kelsey. And then, uh, as you mentioned, they're going to play Allen over Mahomes. So I may just try to sneak Mahomes, Kelsey stacks in, honestly, not even have a run back. I think, is it Hurts that's going to be played amongst all those guys? I think he is, right? Yeah, I think Hurts will be the most popular pay-up quarterback for sure on main site. Recency bias, better matchup there. Also, I mean, there's no – I mean, the, the Jalen Hurts has been a top six scorer in 10 of 12 games this year. Like he's, he's just legitimately – he's like just legitimately good. And, a, uh, <laughs> and as we know, Arthur Wan's splits against man coverage with Wink Martindale leaving all his guys on an island is going to lead to another blow-up spot here. Yeah, another good week, I think, for the, the Hurts stacks uh, coming up on deck. Anything of note as far as uh, Buffalo and the Jets, Rich, or shall we move on and give our favorite plays position by position? No, I think that's it. The other guys, they're all just dudes. Yeah. John, same deal? Just Jags. Ryan Tannehill, the last man standing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, we're gonna give our fair plays position by position on the, amongst the players that are on uh, you know in games that we've not yet yet talked about. Before we do that, we do want to mention the Thrive. You don't want to mess with a ten game slate on Thrive. You don't want to mess with any of that nonsense. Just pick some of your favorite props, and you don't have to talk. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Talk about, uh, you know, Russ Wilson or some terrible offenses. If you're not aware of Thrive, uh, the fantasy prop action this season, it's at Thrive Fantasy. Easy to play. No salary cap style contests revolve around over-under style player props. Each prop has a fantasy score associated with that prop. The riskier the prop, the higher the fantasy score. Rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool. Use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, as well as free tickets, terms, and conditions to apply. If you deposit between $100 and $499, you get yourself two free $20 contest tickets. Deposit $500 or more, you get six free $20 contest tickets. All right. Also, check out the – we encourage you guys to check out the uh, Rotor Runners review page for Thrive Fantasy Fantasy in the description for more information. Again, $250 deposit bonus or up to $250 deposit bonus with the promo code GRINDERS. Producer Steve, I'm sure he's got the props up on the screen, giving you guys plenty of times. Be as ambitious as you want to be as far as picking, um, you know, some some more or some less. I see Austin Eckler. If you want to be really ambitious, man, John, you can get Austin Eckler 150 points. Is he going to score 
more than two touchdowns or two touchdowns or more over one and a half? Hmm. Mike Williams may be back. Uh, that's a hundred point difference though. I'm tantalized by it. I'm tantalized by it simply by the hundred points. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I could slay no risk it. No biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a hundred point difference. That's not even analysis, I know, but just take the hundred point difference. That's fine. We never see it. Uh, I'll go to Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, I'm gonna let Rich. I'm gonna move out of the way and let Rich talk about that game. We went to quarterback positions, but Chase was on my list of players anyhow. Returned, wasn't limited. Like ran around on every dropback except two of them, and also we've now seen a 26.9 percent target share to T Higgins is 18.2 percent in eight games together this year. So. Uh, yeah, I like Jamar Chase. The The Browns still a bottom nine defense and explosive passes allowed. Uh, Chase over 76 yards at even money. That's great. Yeah, I feel pretty good about him going over as well. And it's not like you're laying a bunch of juice or however you want to phrase it. But yeah, even proposition, 100 points for that. Uh, you mentioned Deshaun Watson, who, who kind of fell down his face. He was just horrific. And I guess not terribly surprising. Obviously, super rusty. Uh, if you think he's going to have more than one and a half passing touchdowns, you get 115 points on that. Rich, uh, you're looking at the board. What's uh, what's standing out for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that going to going to looking at the the Watson play because they're probably gonna have to score points. Uh, you know, just because you're getting 30 more points if you, if you get there. Uh, garbage touchdowns count as well, even if they're losing in this game. Uh, what do we got? I mean, Travis Etienne, no touchdowns is 30 point difference as well. That one's oh baby, I didn't even see that one. Oh baby, yeah. That that one's that one's pretty good. I like that. Uh, we've got Jalen Hurts uh, plus two seventy four and a half passing yards plus rushing yards. Uh, you know, Wink likes the blitz. You know, if you, you miss on one of these blitzes, you play so much man coverage. I mean, the gates open for some for some mobile quarterbacks too. Plus the, spl- the splash plays. I like that. Nick Chubb, uh, eighty eight and a half total yards. That's really good. Um, yeah, those all look, those all look strong at the top there. I uh, I like that ATM one. That's a really good call, actually. No touchdown, you get 115 points. Uh, the one I was looking at, well, if, if Braves doesn't throw interceptions, uh, passing touchdowns plus interceptions two and a half less is getting 105 points. Like he's not going to throw three touchdowns, is he? That's not happening. Score the last time that happened. They can't score 21 points. <laughs> but he might throw three interceptions and then all of a sudden you're buried that way as well. But yeah, I, I that's the one I kind of like, but anything else there, John, or moving on as far as, uh, um, the, the, the I, I see CD lamb, CD lamb receiving touchdowns. Interesting. Like, uh, like Rich said, he, Texans rush defense has been better. Uh, you get 20 more points for a receiving, for a receiving touchdown from lamb and like Dak, they basically allow him now to live on the edge. Like he has a turnover every game and they don't even care. He's, he's up to his, throws 20 plus yards downfield by 5% since he returned from injury. Like they literally just go for explosive plays and they know if they turn the ball over, it's fine. Cause their defense is also on, on offense basically at all times. All right. Again, check out thrive. Use the promo code grinders, G R I N D E R S. When you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, as well as those free tickets we talked about. So position by position, favorite quarterbacks, Rich, that we've yet to talk about. Uh, and I'm curious if, if you don't, if you don't like him, if you have a thought as far as Watson. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to make my player pool, but maybe if we get there, I think that's one of the few games that has potential to like be high score. I mean, the Browns are, you know what, they're, they're the highest team. Uh, they're, they have the highest over total this season, games going over the total. So if there is a game to pop, it could be that one. If he just plays a little bit better, uh, gets a little more acclimated, or the script is just trash and you can get, get a run out. Uh, I like the Burrow side a lot more. I like the Bengals side. They're just so hot. I mean, Burrow has been first or second in weekly scoring in four of his past seven games. Uh, ultra ceiling, I don't know how popular he's going to be. He's got 16 passing touchdowns and three interceptions over that span. Uh, we saw Chase come back, and it looks like they handled that situation right. No limitations, just back to being a full-time player. Uh, when these teams played two on Halloween night, the the Bengals couldn't run the ball. They actually are, have a pretty poor history against the, the Browns altogether. I don't know if this is like the one, you know, defense that, uh, you know, what is it, Joe Woods can, can stop, like, I don't know, one offensive they have success game. You know, Burrow's 0-4 against the Browns, but I still like the Bengals stacks uh, going to those guys. Um, I don't know if we'll get to the pay down Tyler Huntley experience. I don't know. He, he can run. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, he's run for 40 or more yards and basically any extended uh, appearance he's had. But, like, Lamar Jackson wasn't getting there this year, so at least the salary is cheap. But those are kind of the other guys that, like, I kind of just have, like, a, a thumb on uh, outside of Ryan Tannehill. 5-5 five, five for Huntley. Not 5K, not straight 5, and 7K on FanDuel. Not even in the sixes over there, but he, he does have legs. So sometimes that, that can work out in tournaments. John, what do you have as far as quarterbacks? Not much. It's it's a small pool this week, honestly, mm-hmm. whereas last week I was trying to dwindle it down. Uh, the only other one is who I mentioned is, is Patrick Mahomes. If you want to pay up, thinking like they get there via through passing touchdowns for the most part. Uh, and we've seen blowouts before. They beat the 49ers by 20 points. Mahomes was the QB3 on the week. They beat the Rams by three scores. Mahomes uh, scored 22 DraftKings points in that game. So it's possible Mahomes and Kelsey just spike it, get the 300-yard bonus, and get out of there on an ugly slate. So that's re- that's really it, honestly. John, get us started as far as uh, a running back or two that are jumping out for you, that, uh, you know, in a game we've not yet talked about. What do you have projected for – Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard right now. Ezekiel Elliott's very cheap on DraftKings. Um, again, Rich already mentioned Texas defense has been improved, but honestly, like the way game script goes here, mm-hmm. we know we know Cowboys defense, even being the highest priced on both sites, is going to be rostered. We know one of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard is going to be rostered, but I propose <laughs> to you, what if we play Zeke, Pollard, and the Cowboys defense, thinking they all get there, since Pollard can easily get there um, and the passing game alone, and Zeke is going to have to. That's why you wanted. That's why you brought up Ryan Tannehill. You're going to have to play Ryan Tannehill if you do that. <laughs> 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 and, and Zeke has been awesome the past two games too. Uh, Zeke averaging over five yards per carry the past two weeks with 16 and 17 carries in those two games. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm proposing. What's interesting, we do have a, a higher projection for Pollard over Zeke. Uh, similar. Yep but we have a higher projection amongst those two power, a little more expensive on DK six, seven Zeke is six, one. Jevelin there, Rich. I mean, they just put a complete hurting on the, in the Indy with 33 points. And they dropped on them in the fourth quarter. They just got to rope, rope it up them, you know, you know let, let them have a little fun with the first few quarters. And then just, you know, curb stop them. I suppose you can say, uh, and now they have Houston uh, battle yeah. of Texas and they're favored by, I don't 18. know, 17. <laughs> yeah, 17 and a half point home favorites. I mean, it's it's a spot you look for for just running volume, right? And I don't think it matters if Houston has been better against the run in this particular setting because they're probably just going to get 30 plus carries put on them anyways. 
uh, what, what scenario do they avoid that happening? You know, here, Davis Mills ain't going to do it. You know, who's back starting. Uh, Zeke actually has been uh, a top 15 score in five straight games. He's played. Uh, it's all touchdowns. Like he's like I said, he's basically is Jamal Williams, like Texas Jamal Williams, but uh, he's been good and the running game's good. And they probably won't get Tyron Smith back this week, but they did activate his 21 day window. So they're going to get help across the offensive line here too. We know man. people just inherently like Tony Pollard more though, right? Like he's been, oh, yeah. he's the sex cannon, man. Uh, Zeke is more expensive on FanDuel than Tony Pollard. That's oh, I didn't see that. Okay. Cause Zeke's, uh, yes, yeah, significantly cheaper on DraftKings. Yeah. The 61, uh, kind of in like that, that where, where David Montgomery has been priced, which I think is fair on a slate like a slate like this, like that, I think 61 is, is playable on this slate. We wish he was catching some passes. That's like the one turnoff. Uh, neither of these guys really are catching any passes. We had the one Vikings game where Pollard had the monster game receiving, but Cowboys running backs have not caught passes all year. Really? It's also just a story of the slate and that we're not scared mm-hmm. of the more expensive running backs. Like no. Sa- Saquon Barkley is averaging 3.6 yards per touch over the last five games. Derrick Henry, 2.6 yards per carry over the last month. Christian McCaffrey did get hammered 10 targets, 25 touches last week. But again, that's a 37 point total with a seventh round rookie at quarterback. Like it's just, okay, well, I don't, I'm not paying up anyways. Why don't I pay for Pollard and Zeke? Cause that's mm-hmm. the route. No one's going to go. They're going to lean on CMC hard. This Well, I don't know how hard, right. They're thinking playoffs as well, but. In theory, you think they would want to use him, you know, but then the matchup against Tampa is not spectacular either. I don't know. I'm curious. Uh, is, is I mean, you're playing him all for receiving. He's not doing it. He hasn't run the last month. He hasn't, he hasn't had more than 40 rushing yards in a game. Like you're playing him because all the receiving equity he has when everyone thought he wasn't going to get thrown any passes going to Kyle Shane because Kyle Shane has never thrown to a running back before. Okay. So is he going to be. Is that going to continue, or is he going to catch some passes? Yeah, of course it is, especially for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy had the lowest eight dot in the NFL last week when he came in. Uh, I mean, did you're anyone you're not a believer? Did, did you watch a lot of uh, Brock Purdy at uh, Iowa State? Oh, oh no, Pre- I preseason <laughs> as well. <laughs> I did not watch him on the Cyclones. I could not. I could yeah. not if, if you played preseason DFS, you were aware of Brock Purdy. You saw. Yeah, he. he uh, his, the arm strength isn't there. It's all anticipatory throws here. I mean, if I, I heard his nickname, it's not the arm that people are talking about. <laughs> I guess hit the Google up if you guys are not aware of that <laughs> one. <laughs> I feel like it's the rhyme scheme is where, where the nickname. I have no idea. I'm not privy to the locker room. But uh, all right. Uh, any Anybody else as far as running backs that we should mention here? Rich? I mean, I think that this slate, if like, I mean, the way that this slate, I think roster ship's going to go, uh, you have to look at Miles Sanders, I think, where he's priced on both sites. Uh, because one, he's leverage off of what will be surely be popular runbacks of the Eagle stacks. Uh, he's got a bunch of touchdown equity in that offense as well. The Giants are uh 31st in the NFL in yards allowed prior to contact on running back carries. The past five weeks, four the past month, they've allowed 96 rushing yards, 150 rushing yards, 152 rushing yards, and 136 rushing yards to running backs, and those are the Texans. The Lions, the Cowboys, who are good, and the Commanders running backs. Uh, so, yeah, I think of this slate, like, this is where we are, where I'm like, oh, man, I would never play Miles Sanders in my life. But uh, he's looking pretty all right on this slate. You got anybody else here, John? Nope, we already talked about him. I don't, I don't know what cheap running backs would open up, though, outside of Travis Homer. I don't think there are many injuries right now. It may, may be a tough week or one that we play Zonima night just to get salary here. 
And do you really want to play either of the Seattle guys? Like they're not even priced down. Like it's not like they're like 40, 4,400 or something. Right. And Homer's not like a between the tackles, like going to get the 20 touches kind of guy, right? Am I, I'm just, I think of him as just like he's more of a receiving running back, if nothing else. Am I thinking of somebody else? That's that's who he is, right? No, that's well, he, no, he's he's a receiving back. Okay. But I mean, if you don't have anybody, then you <laughs> when when you look up and it's Tony Jones, Godwin Ugebuke, and Wayne Gallman, you might have to give the ball to Travis. Yeah, Hunter. you're right. Tony Jones, uh, formerly of the the New Orleans Saints, yes. um, it was yeah. last Thanksgiving Thanksgiving last year he was chalk. Remember, like was he really yes. popular? He was like kind of really popular on the Thanksgiving slate last year. I can't remember how he did, but I know I had. No, he did not do well. I think I had too much. Go figure. (laughs) Tony Tony Jones' jock absolutely fell on its face. Um, All right, receiver. We've never been we've never been steered wrong on that road before. (laughs) I need uh now I need need Rich to help me out with cheap receivers because um, really all I got is what Chase I already mentioned Arthur one and then um I guess if everyone's gonna be the Seahawks running back. Like DK Metcalf is right here with the 29% target share the last three games. The Panthers are allowing the fifth highest completion rate on throws 10 plus yards downfield. So I would think that Metcalf can very easily get there as well. And you could play him by playing Ron Tannehill. <laughs> I'm looking for some cheap receivers. I'm trying, you know, I'm I'm scrolling over and like lowering. Corey the Davis salaries. is the best I got. Huh. Michael Gallup is four six. Nico Collins, you guys mentioned Nico, Nico Collins. He's four four. Is on the comeback. If, yeah, throw those targets at the wall, man. Uh, Davis Mills targets. I don't know if that's any better. Targets that. Slayton's five one, maybe. I think. I mean, listen, Jerry Judy at fifty four hundred is 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 awesome, uh, especially if we see him practice in full. Cortland Sutton's there. He said it's not going to play. Uh, he plays in the slot. I mean, the Chiefs are a team we've targeted with wide receiver production, regardless. I mean. We've seen when, when when Judy was out, Sutton had all the targets too. Uh, Dulcich is going to be really popular on this slate. Uh, I mean, I think Judy's a pretty strong play, especially if Sutton's going to be out. Man, I'm trying to find somebody cheap. Um, you mentioned Judy. What about is Hinton? Is he is he playable? We haven't really seen anything happen for the the, the Kendall. We want the story to be real. The story wasn't real with Sky Moore, by the way, right? Can we just nope. what was yeah. that? No. Yeah. Dustin Watson, Sky Moore, maybe Tony's back. Doesn't matter. It's all a big mess. It's so disappointing. They're all gonna play. Fun. They're all gonna play. Yeah, it's it's and they've been running and the Chiefs too. We didn't even talk about it last week. Like they've run uh so much more 12 personnel too. Like 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 Noah Gray's playing a ton of snaps now. Uh they've like they're just playing everybody. Literally everybody's playing. <laughs> all right. Uh that's it. That's it with the slate. You, you want to give like Chris your- Godwin is a really good play, I think. If you are, oh. if you are playing, I was trying to skip guys. tight ends. I guess we got to talk about tight ends. Uh, do we? <laughs> really? I mean, we can acknowledge the existence that they are a position that we brought up on a Conquo, Thomas James, uh, Dulcich, Deleche, Mark Andrews uh, splits. We got it. I think we covered all the ground there. Uh, yeah, Austin Hooper actually ran more routes than a Conquo. Like if you want your touchdowns with Ryan Tannehill um, and. <laughs> I could not believe, Dean. I could not believe when I looked up. I was like, "Oh, it's another Daniel Bellinger week." If there were ever ever was no. the first one, and uh, DraftKings priced him at thirty four hundred. How do they get there? What? I don't understand that. <laughs> how do they? How do they make Garrett Wilson under six K every week, and he's thirty three hundred? That's not even cheap enough for a cheap tight end. Like, let me have Bellinger at twenty six hundred. What are we doing? 
<laughs> Dolchich is going to be – I mean, like, yeah, I guess without oh. Sutton. He's got great hair. He's got a good mustache. He had that one touchdown where, like, nobody's even close to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he I looks mean, like Indigo Montoya. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's incredible. This great flowing mane. But people are going to bring up last week, and he, you know, because he had the he had the fifth highest target share tight ends had in the game. Judy didn't only played twenty snaps. Uh, plus, we also seen Dulcich fail when Judy was out the previous three games. It was just Sutton. So, like, there's definitely a path. I, I think he's a solid play, uh, but there's definitely a path for him failing if he is like the chalk punt down pay down. It's just the rule every week. Like, just don't yeah. play the chalk. Don't play the cash game tight end. Right. That's basically it. So when you you come back and on Saturday night, see where we're looking at projected uh, ownership, and you you go the other direction. I used that rule when T.J. Hawkinson had like 400 yards, a couple like. When, when oh I, yeah, yeah, the Seahawks game. That was a bad rule. Well, to be uh, fair, no one was alive for the Lions. That, that yeah, was. he was last man standing. Um. All right. Oh, we're going to bring in producer Steve. We're going to talk some movies. That's it for the slate. Unless you guys, you want to give like your favorite stack, Rich, what's your favorite stack on a Wednesday night? Uh, I think probably Burrow stacks, but we'll, again, we'll circle back to projected ownership, but I would say I'm going to play some Bengals if no one else is. John? It's so bad. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. Like Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill. I'm not even kidding. Uh, Goff's a good play. I'll give you that one. Okay, give me the second one. Uh, those two are my those two are my favorite in the slate, honestly. All right, I hope Tannehill wins you a bunch of money, though. I am cheering for that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? As much as we complain, we're all playing with the same player pool, so right. like we're all nobody has like these, these and, secret hidden pieces that we're not aware of. But and again, have you seen this player pool this week? I want you guys to win money, still. Yeah, I, yeah, I want you guys to win. I money. want to win the movie contest since since we. Everyone's stacking wins except Rich and I. What the hell's nope. going on? I yeah, thought last I mean, week was I thought last week was my week, and then George Pickens had one catch. I think I had Burks as my receiver, and like it's one of those like he scored a touchdown on the same play he got concussed, but like at least he got a touchdown. But yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Well, I, I grapple so. Yeah. What's By that? the way, uh, I grapple so. <laughs> That's even worse. There, there yeah. was a there was a comment last week that. Um, they he asked like where's the fantasy talk? These guys are talking movies, but like last week the cutoff we did an hour and ten on yeah. fantasy and the slate on a Wednesday like we what was it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't think they started the show at like an hour and eleven minutes. Uh, they said, well, why, we prepped you as much play? as we could, and we literally gave you Jalen Hurts doubles when no one else is talking about it. Yeah. on a Wednesday night. So I'm just gonna say the cutoff right we now. Gave you the one- nuts. We are 101 into the nuts with Ryan Tannehill. So, like, cut it <laughs> off. And now we're going to talk movies. It's an hour on a Wednesday night in fantasy. Like, we set you up. Yeah, for those that are not aware, we run the fun little contest. You know, we're getting to the point in the season where we got we to keep things fun and interesting on the for show, us. right? Uh, yeah. For us and everybody listening as well. Feel free, hopefully people are watching the movies along with us. I, uh, had, I actually had quite a few DMs. I'm not even kidding. Saying, um, like, not only commenting on what we should have said about the best intros – so a couple of people had Die Hard three best intro, uh, but then said we Same didn't mention that. it. We didn't mention it because Die Hard three after the intro was not worth mentioning. And then um, also I had a lot of people comment to me about Sideways, saying can't believe you haven't seen it. Uh, it's an amazing movie. And you know what, Dean? They were right. Sideways, yes. Sideways. Yeah, I, like I cannot sideways. believe I've gone through my lifetime of not seeing side. This this movie like encapsulates what I love about movies. Like this is everything I want in my movies. 
um, great lines about uh, I'll not drink the fucking Merlot. Yes. To uh, <laughs> I, that was a literal that. laugh out loud moment for me. By the way, it's like you got the little love story worked in, you got some depression and life problems worked in. Those are always my favorites. Um, yeah, I, you got some male nudity out of nowhere. You didn't, you didn't see that coming. No, did not see it coming. And hilarious. Uh, the acting is incredible. Uh, I, I I lived in Santa Monica for five years, so I'm very familiar with every street they drove. Oh um, yeah, that's man. This movie was close to home. Like this one was amazing. It won uh, the AFI Best Picture Movie of the Year. It was nominated for, uh, for Oscar nominated for Best Picture, for mm-hmm. Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Thomas Hayden Church, Best Supporting Actress, Virginia Madsen. It won for Best Screenplay. Uh, we're gonna bring is producer Steve. Is he? Did we bring him in? Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm, here, I'm here. Steve, by the way, producer Steve is like rope it open before the show. He he's gonna he won last week. Congratulations. He's got to assign us a movie now. And you know Mike White stack, I believe. Did you come up with – yeah, show off your lineup. Very nice lineup there. And did you come up with a movie of the people? One, well, let's back with that for a second. Or for us, we got to watch a movie. Uh, two, what were your what was your thoughts as far as Sideways? Were you as moved as uh, as John was? Loved it. Loved it. No. Oh! I, I, I didn't uh, – I liked it. I, I did like it, but it's not something like I'm going to watch again. Yeah. Man. Uh, maybe, maybe different stages of life as I, as I turn 30 thrive right now. Uh, I, I just thought, gosh, it spoke to me so much. I, I just loved it. The metaphor that like, you know, one of the, one of the wines was like Paul Giamatti. The other wine was like Thomas Hayden church. It was beautiful. It was perfect. I thought- and it's just about life, right? Like, uh, uh, get rid of the wine, replace it with cacao beans, replace it with, I don't know, guns. Like, it's just like, that's just a wine is just a hobby. And now I can speak a little more intelligently about wine just because of that movie. But like, honestly, like the wine is just like something, it's just something that's present, but it's not actually the real uh, protagonist here. It's really just about the characters and their stories in life. Yeah. I'm not even a wine drinker and I like it. I don't know. I'm not sophisticated enough to drink wine. Uh, Rich, what about you? What what was your take as far as sideways? Oh yeah. It's, it's a gem. Uh, One that uh, that I've seen uh, several times and it's great, you know, because you know, the whole movie is set up for, I knew it was right. Going to be in Daniel's wheelhouse uh, for all the reasons uh, he mentioned, but uh, you know, I love the angle. Giamatti is so good in that movie. And you know, this is like, you know, Giamatti is uh, the example of depression, but the true empty character is Thomas Hayden church, uh, you know, his character in the movie. And, you know, I just love all the performances are amazing. I mean, it's well-written, you know, we, especially in this era of movies, not that be snob. I love all the, all the shit, like the, the Marvel movie and stuff that comes out too. I love it, but it is nice and refreshing to just get uh, a low budget, well-written, well-acted movie uh, and dive into that. I, I definitely agree though. The acting mm-hmm. was really good. Paul Giamatti was great. But just the story, like it was a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed watching it. But like I said, it's just, uh, I'm not gonna watch it again. It isn't like one that you like. It's not. It is like a, a, a if you're gonna watch it, you go back to it. It's not like one you just constantly like. Yeah. Like I'm gonna pop this in all the time. Right. Yeah. It's it reminds me of Goodwill Hunting, but Goodwill Hunting I can literally watch every day if you told me to. Just an incredible. That's like a perfect movie. Like it's hard to compare anything to Goodwill Hunting, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, wait. Steve, have you seen Google Hunting? No. Oh, oh yes. Dude. I guess the <laughs> project. Do it for yourself. Yeah, uh, not yeah. even for us. You just go watch it. And you're going to recognize memes. You're going to recognize lines. Like, you're going to not even understand, like, these quotes came from this movie. Yeah, you're young. That, enough, it's uh, not your fault you haven't seen it. It's not your fault. But you, you should see <laughs> Google Hunting. Is that the, oh, Captain, my Captain thing? 
What is Oh Captain, My Captain? Oh Captain, My they Captain. They stand up on the desks or something? I don't know. I might be thinking of a different movie. No, I'm sure someone in the chat will help us out. It's not that. Um, oh, Captain, My Captain's uh, Walt Whitman, apparently. That's one of his... Uh, a poem? He was a poet, right? <laughs> I know Walt Whitman from uh, Breaking Bad, mostly. <laughs> no, that's not not it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, please, seriously, it's... I implore uh, John. I, I honestly have that is probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, yeah. Good Will Hunting, and uh, on the podium, if nothing else, like in, on the Family Feud board. And uh, it sounds like you have oh, it as well. Oh, Captain! Oh, Captain is a Dead Poet Society, by the way. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. There you go. Hands okay. up on the desk. Good job, Steve. Oh, so Rob Williams is in both. So I, I guess yes, yeah, he is. That's that's why I was kind of thinking it about it like that, but I wasn't sure. All right. Well, you have the lineup. Uh, you played Austin Hooper like a sicko on us, uh, but it, it did. But everything else is sound. Rich played McLaurin as well. I the Vonta Smith pivot from AJ Brown is what I did in stacks. I didn't have Jalen Hurts. I thought that was an amazing pivot. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson, Mike White. We all talked about last week as well. So I thought it was like a really just sound lineup. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I felt good about it. I feel like I get a little bit of an edge, you know, producing all the shows and hearing all the different takes from everyone throughout the week. But you called the win in the chat. You said, I'm feeling good. You said, I'm feeling it. Yeah. I felt good. Did but, you throw uh, this in other stuff? Uh, no. I feel no. like this is a winning, winning. Uh, yeah, I would have cashed. What was the... it? would have been. Yeah, this uh, was, it would have cashed line. It cashes. So yeah. It, it, nothing else. It's not going to take stuff down, but you know, you profit a little bit. All right. So I was thinking about movies at us. Yeah, I was thinking about some picks for the movies during the show. One of them was Juice. Did you guys ever see Juice? Ooh, with Tupac. Yeah, I saw it many, many years ago. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it multiple times. Like '93, that came out, right? Yeah, before I was born. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Juice was one of them. Uh, Knives Out, it's newer, but I really enjoyed that. Thinking back, I don't know if anyone has seen the second one is coming out soon. Yeah, I saw the Uh, first one's very good. The second one's going to be on Netflix soon. I think someone told me to watch Knives Out, the first one, and I did. And it's best if you go in not knowing what you're going to watch. It's that's the most fun experience. Yes, like like Parasite. If you don't know what it's about, and then you press play, and you're like, "What the hell did I just see?" I saw Parasite in the theater and like Hell I, yeah. I, 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 the people when, the, when it was over, the audience applauded. Like, yep. What was the last time you were in a theater where the audience applauds? Um, it was Inception. Okay. Yeah. But like, I didn't know people, I thought it was like landing a plane. I don't know if people still do that. No, I, I never, I can't imagine. But yeah, that everybody was like, wow, that was just incredible. And yep. uh, yeah. Parasite, Inception, and The Arrival, which no one talks about, but The Arrival, those the are three movies that. I literally like stopped him. I stopped in my tracks afterwards and was like, I think my life just changed because of these movies. I like the arrival. Didn't love the arrival. Oh man. Just communication in general. Oh my gosh, dude, that movie. It's a good, it's, it's blew my brain. I appreciated it. Um, yeah. All right. So what what do we got here? And then the last, the last one is, uh, I don't know. Baby driver. Seen it. Yeah. I have not seen it, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I I really liked that one too. It was a good watch. I'm the one that's behind, so y'all have to pick. Y'all pick, and I'll just watch. no. It's, a, it's Steve's pick. 
And Steve's, I've seen all three for these for the record, but I'm fine seeing them over again. And no worries. Uh, you and uh, Rich, you saw all of them as well. Yes. All right. Now I'll let Daigle pick since he didn't <laughs> see some of them. Which one do you want to watch? Uh, let's kick Cloud says Arrival is brutal. That's not true. It's an amazing movie. And, <laughs> uh, let's do uh, yeah. Let's do Baby Driver. I know it has Run the Jewels, who I listen to in this in the soundtrack. That's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. Kick Cloud, which do you prefer, The Arrival or playing Ryan Tannehill this week? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is just the Dago Bad Take show. It's my flu game. Um, I, I enjoy The Arrival. Yeah. Um, but also, you don't love it. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, like I feel like how Steve felt about Sideways. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I need to see it again. That's fair. Moki said, uh, there's something about Mary. There was applause. So there you go. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess. Uh, Steve, you definitely haven't seen something about Mary, right? I think I have actually. Oh, okay. I, I thought mean, I had I mean, your wheelhouse picked out correctly. That feels like his wheelhouse. He hasn't seen Parasite. I can get, I would lay seven to I one. He's not seen Parasite. Is, is anyone want to take me up on that? <laughs> We're going to have to watch that if I ever win this damn thing. What's that? Which one? Parasite. Oh. Yeah, just for good. just for everyone else, just for the chat, since they're following along with us. Dean's yeah. right. I didn't see it, <laughs> but I did see something uh, something about Mary. Yeah. All right. That's... Baby Driver. That's the movie of the week. We can do this. I got this. All right. Who's who's going to call our shot for next week? Is it going to be John? Is it going to be Rich? Who's taking it? I think Rich. I mean, listen. If Dangle does, is not playing a Ryan Tannehill stack of this thing, then uh, <laughs> Four, man. I'm calling him. I'm calling him out. Hold on. Let me see if I have Traylon Burks. I didn't. You let me see if I can. We're not playing Ryan Panhill if you talked about him for 60 minutes. And, and Kenny Pickett only gave six points away because of George Pickett. It wasn't even Kenny Pickett's fault. I'm I'm pulling your card. <laughs> that is the NFL Pick Six Show. Producer Steve, John, and Rich. Uh, John, tell the people where they can find you, all the socials, where can they get the goods? You can find me crying when Ryan Tannehill doesn't go for over 300 yards. And then you can also find me at Najee Daigle on Twitter as well as 44.com. I'm still writing the waiver column. I got four I got four more weeks of it. 15, 16, 17, eight. yeah, four more weeks of it. It's still it's still piling out there. So, we're still in these redraft streets. There's a waiver column for week 18? There is. And as someone who has written it the last 4 years, let me tell you, it is the least fun thing I do all year long. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh Rich, tell the people uh, in the socials all the good stuff. Yep, yep. Sharp football analysis. Uh, we all we've kind of shifted to where like there's weekly packages. Uh, you can uh, use starter fifty to take fifty percent off the first week if you just want to sign up for a week, get in and out. Uh, this was my last uh, week of buy, so I've got the powerhouse of uh, full NFL slates through the holidays ahead of me. For producer Steve, the NFL Pick Six Show for Rotor Grinders for John for Rich for Walt Whitman. We appreciate y'all uh, watching the show. And for Dave, getting Ooh. drinks with Dave. Say it yeah. again. For David, for our good friend, David, who listens to every show. Yeah, getting, shout out, David. For getting Drop drinks with me, even party. though he's Irish, we only ever drink Guinness together. Uh, but to be fair, like a good Guinness draft is amazing. I like a good Guinness. It, it, that's that's cliche, though. I, I would just like, I feel like that's cliche to assume he drinks Guinness, but I guess that the stereotype is true. Well, he, all, well, he also judges all of them vehemently. Like, he's not happy with a lot of them. Well, aren't they all kind? Well, like I, I've, I've no, heard. because they have to be poured like properly, like literally <laughs> a, a certain inch, like one point two inches of the nitro tap at top. 
Well, a proper Guinness pour takes like five minutes, doesn't it? Supposedly, I feel it like it actually it's... does. Yes, every time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a whole thing. I, I know I've had this tutorial once or twice before. I like Bailey's. How about that? Shout out to Bailey's. All right, that's John. That's Rich. No, that's Steve. That's I was Steve. Is that offensive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's like it's just like cream liqueur, isn't it? Anyways, we're trying to get the hell out of here. Shout out to Dean Aller. <laughs> All right. <laughs>